This is the scale model of Felix Meritus, and it gives an impression about the size of this building. It consists of three parts. The front part is square, the middle part is this huge spiral staircase, and the back part is oval. And for some people, it's very confusing to be in this building because there are three holes in the front, three holes in the back part. And if you get lost, you have to find your way to the spiral staircase, and then you know that you're in the middle, and you know you can descend and find your way to the exit. Let's go up the spiral staircase. We're going to do the tour now, and I want to show you what's so special about this wonderful building, Felix Meritus. symbol is the beehive. It's a point of congregation. It was a unique building because it supplied all kinds of knowledge. Radio Netherlands presents Felix Meritus. More than two centuries of one of the most extraordinary buildings in the Netherlands. The guide is the foundation's deputy director, Joanneke Lootsma. There's a big terrace on top of this building and it has a fantastic view and it's probably one of the highest terraces in this city. You can see an enormous amount of churches and of course the Grachtenhuizen of Amsterdam with the beautiful little facades. These gentlemen who built it, they had uh, a lot of money. They knocked down the four houses which were originally here and they built this huge building and they chose a very nice name which is called Felix Meritus and it means happy through merit and these founders they were you know happy to build this building in order to study the arts and sciences and they would become better citizens by studying the arts and sciences. So there was the Department of Music, the Department of Literature, the Department of Science, the Department of Drawing and the Department of Trade. My name is Dick van Heuvel. I'm a musicologist, composer and conductor. The Felix Meritus was created in 1777 by Willem Vrits. He was a watchmaker, a very active man from the middle class. He gathered 40 people around him, uh, made some plans, and in 1777 they started the Felix Meritus Foundation in houses of people. They had an own building. So they uh, started in 1786 with plans to make their own building and that was built in 1788. My name is Wijnand Meinhardt. I'm a professor of uh, cultural history at the University of Utrecht. Willem Ritz was interested in an egalitarian society. Felix Meertes is especially reserved for those who deserve it. It had nothing to do with birth. It had to do with your moral and intellectual qualifications. That was the basic idea behind it. In this period, this is the period of the Enlightenment, people were for the first time in history seriously discussing the problem of society. 
what is a society composed of? What is the role of people in society? And especially, do you have to behave in a specific form when in society? And in a sense, that has been also the motor, the impetus for all the people that were part of it. They wanted to improve themselves, they wanted to improve their friends, and they want, in the end, to improve society by that means. The plan was to make a foundation of four different departments. A department of literature, of sculpture and drawing, the department of music and the department of trade. That was also agriculture, ships, the money, the bankers were in it. Of course they had a department of science, it was called science of nature, but there was also math and other science things in it. They did, for example, tests with dropping things in a large pipe. It's still there. This is the Kuppelsaal. It is uh, on the top floor. And this is the room which was used as the Department of Trade. Right in the middle of the ceiling, there is this huge circle. And what people don't know is that this circle actually went right through the building. And the gentlemen of Felix Meertes would use this to throw in rocks and stone and oil and feathers and water and what can you think of to measure what they were throwing down. And it went right from the roof down into the cellars, into the basement of Felix Meertes. Basically, this kind of knowledge was not taught at school at the time. You had to teach yourself. Therefore, reading in this period became such a powerful tool. The fact that people were able just to acquire books or simple magazines on how um, the function of electricity or um, that lightning was not something that God invented to be able to punish people, but was just a natural science phenomenon. In this time, Felix Meritus, with all these varieties and all these possibilities, was one of those self-educating circuits that were crucial in the period of enlightenment. The special invention is the electrization machine. And this was one of the first apparatus which came into uh, the Netherlands where you could actually see the electricity running from left to right. And their favorite experiment was to ask a lady from the street to come in and they would put her under current and then ask a gentleman from the audience to kiss her, who then, of course, would receive a huge electric shock. And this was their favorite joke. They would play it out every time they possibly could. Quite a few people went there because they want to see the electrical kiss or they had heard of Beethoven or Mozart and wanted to listen to Eroica or the Fifth Symphony or whatever. Of course, these things play a role. It is part of education that you are doing things like that. They would keep things were in a cabinet of curiosities. And this was heavily guarded and treasured by these gentlemen. And they would try and fill as much objects into these uh, bottles as they could think of. They showed you that knowledge was relative and that there was no unique variety of the truth. 
they showed you. There were other continents, there were other societies that were completely alien, completely different from ours, but they were still interesting and that allows us and that forces us to ponder upon the difference in the world and the way we have organized society. This is the Concertzaal, the Department of Music, the Concert Hall. It is also the most well-known department and the hall specifically is quite famous for its acoustics. For chamber music, this is a fantastic place to play in. Opera singers, they love it in here because they hear the sound of their voices immediately. My name is Simon Murphy. I'm the artistic director and conductor of the New Dutch Academy, which is a research organisation and an orchestra specialising in music of the 18th century and particularly in rediscovering new repertoire from the period. The Felix Meritus was opened to the public on 31st of October 1788 with, of course, speeches and festivities and, as part of that, of course, a massive concert in the concert hall. And I have here a copy of a very famous painting of the opening ceremony and opening concert. And you see one of the, the founding fathers of the Felix Meritus von Swinden giving his opening speech. And you see next to him Josef Schmidt as the founding musical director and composer and conductor of the Felix Meritus. And you see Surrounding all of those, all of the, the people who have been involved in the Felix Meritus, and you see all of the musicians on the risers on the platform, and you can see the timpanist tuning the drums, getting ready, you can see the trumpet player looking at his music, you can see the bassoon player, you can see all of the violinists getting excited, ready to, to give the concert. It was the most important concert hall in the Netherlands during the 18th century and the beginning of the 19th century. Great composers, great conductors, great musicians came there. It was the cultural center of music. It was central because it was one of the first places in the Dutch Republic where a specific room was devoted to just the presentation of music. And that's one of the reasons why People were so eager to get a place in Felix Meertes. Maybe not so much for the whole cultural setup and the whole ideological setup, because this was the place where you could listen to music. Amsterdam had the means and the building to perform music on a regular basis, and that was novel, and that was unique, and that was special. Josef Schmidt, who was the founding composer and conductor of the hall was a student of the great Carl Friedrich Abel, who grew up in the household of Johann Sebastian Bach in Leipzig. Schmidt came to Amsterdam in the early 1770s and must have almost immediately become part of the very happening social, cultural and musical circles of the time. And I have here in front of me a um, copy of his first symphony that he wrote and published in Amsterdam, Symphony Periodique in G major, 
and can just sense this incredible excitement and drive and enlightened fervor of the time, you know, sort of allegro con brio and then immediately rum, chum, chum, chum. It was a very strange department because it costs a lot of money. The orchestra was about 70 people. That's very large in the 18th century. It costs a lot of money because 30, 40 people were professional musicians. The other were members of the Felix Miletis Department of Music but they had also income. It was the only department where women can visit concerts. The Felix Meritis Foundation was only for men. This is the culmination point of this kind of private music organization because the orchestra of Felix Meritis was composed mainly of members. Until far into the 19th century, it was private individuals who were bankers in their daytime or schoolmasters or whatever were performing music at night. The amateurs had still such an enormous influence in the composition of Dutch orchestras. One needs to realize that the word amateur and professional in the 18th century doesn't necessarily have the same connotation as it does today. That amateur simply meant that you loved music but that you didn't need to earn money from that. And if you think that Locatelli, the star violinist, lived in Amsterdam, worked in Amsterdam, performed in Amsterdam, and if you think about someone of that superstar status teaching the next generation of performers in the Netherlands, then you must have had a, a small army of hotshot violinists ready to go. They didn't rehearse, or they rehearse a few hours before starting the concert. But nobody did at that time. It sounds now very strange, but that's why they complained if they had some more modern music. And that's why the problems start. During the 19th century, nothing changed in the culture of the orchestras in uh, the Netherlands. Felix Mintis was not important at all for the Amsterdam music anymore. They couldn't pay the orchestra anymore, so the orchestra was disbanded. Many of those societies, with their egalitarian appeal, they were losing that kind of, of appeal in the 19th century. It was also the place where the ideal amateur was cherished, not only in music, but also in the way you were just conducting science, etc. Et what we notice in the second half of the 19th century, and that is the period when Felix Meritus really went into decline, that is that a new kind of knowledge ideal became current, and that is the idea of the specialist. And at that time, these kind of societies go into decline. We now come into the Kremlin, which is a very funny name. It is actually the Department of Drawing, and there's a huge glass roof. Tragically enough, when Felix Mertes deceased in 1888, this was the hall which was used for a lampshade factory. And in 1932, 
the lampshades caught fire, the whole roof exploded, and the rain then started to go straight into the building. And this was a disaster, of course. Then nobody wanted to have this building. Until we come to 1948, the Communist Party of the Netherlands bought Felix Mertes. So they saved it in lots of ways. And this was the first hall that they actually took on. And that is why it is still called nowadays Kremlin. My name is Joop Morien and I was a member party of the Communist Party as from uh, September 46. I started to work as a journalist for the daily De Waarheid, it means the truth, Pravda. And uh, leadership of the Communist Party wanted to have their own press and so they collected money, about one million guilders, and so they could buy the building and they could buy their own press to make the paper. My name is Jaap Wolf and I worked at Felix Meritus as a member of the editorial board of the paper. We collected uh, lots of money. We had at that time, uh, we had about uh, 10-11% of the, of the photos uh, voted for the Communist Party. So this is quite a big deal of the people who, who you could ask for money. And we did this uh, every moment. It was an inspiring building. It was rebuilt by volunteer work of building workers. And uh, I still always remember the stairs because it was a very high building and there was no real good elevator. There were so many rooms. And so it was not only the editorial who was there sitting, but also there were youth clubs. They organized their volleyball matches and uh, there was a chorus, Morgenrood. They had their rehearsals uh, every, every week. Uh, Morgenrood was a chorus which sang at party meetings, but they had then uh, songs, uh, fighting songs, yeah? About uh, a brilliant future <laughs> and about struggle. Morgenrood is sunrise. We had uh, some beautiful choruses. We had an... Uh, the traditional songs of the labor movement, the socialist movement in, in Holland, and the internationale, but uh, all kinds of songs. In the programs, they made uh, also Dutch old songs. When, when everyone is uh, insulting you and saying you are not Dutch, you are only a Russian uh, people, so to say, they said, we, no, not at all. We, we sang the Dutch uh, revolutionaries songs from the old times, eh? so from the 17th century and so on, like uh, uh, O Nederland let op uw zaak. O Nederland let op uw zaak, de tijd en stond is daar. O Holland, uh, look for your own business, so to say. <laughs> oh, it was a beautiful building, of course. It was a palace. 
it was the idea we are becoming bigger again and bigger again. Life was not uh, like that. Uh, you know, we had a lot of room there, and of course we had uh, uh, not enough money. So uh, uh, when people wanted to have an, uh, a festivity for a uh, marriage, anniversaries, you could uh, hire these rooms. I worked uh, often uh, in the night, and uh, sometimes uh, when the marriage festivities were over, we got uh, the, the rest of the meals and so on. <laughs> So it's, sometimes it was a very happy uh, period. <laughs> Hier is Bob Kroon in Wenen. De Russen hebben nu de grens aan de Hongaarse kant hermetisch afgesloten en er op de grote weg tanks in stelling gebracht. Daarmee is dus de enige. Open... In 1956 there were uh, disturbances in in Hungary, and so on. It was on a Sunday, and many people came to Felix Mieters. Budapest. I remember that at the 4th of November I listened to the radio very early in the morning and I heard that uh, Russian troops had invaded coming into Budapest. And uh, we began immediately with uh, working on the paper and people uh, began to assemble before the building. So then it began a little bit... Uh, Oh well, we, we had to defend uh, the, the building. This was a strange night. The editorial worked at the third floor. We had several stones also through the, the windows. It was very high. And so we moved our desks somewhat from the windows. And we worked because we said we have to publish the newspaper. There were, uh, there were really fights on the streets. The number of readers went down very much immediately. And also the number of advertisement even uh, went more down. The, the waarheid caught always lots of New Year's greetings. But that year, in 56, almost nothing. After that, they start to, uh, yeah, to bring in other people and to rent uh, rooms and so on. Austin started to work in, in Felix Meters because he saw it as a cultural center, which he succeeded in, by the way. My name is Steve Austin. Since uh, January 68, I find myself in the position of the managing director of a complete new enterprise called the Shafi, which was the very first underground theater performing arts space in Amsterdam. This is the Schaffizau. This was actually formerly the Department of Science, and it's now called after Ramses Schaffi, who came here in the beginning of the 60s. And he came here with his following, and from here a huge avant-garde started, which actually shaped the 60s in this country. My first visit into the building was because of Ramses Shafi. This guy, at the time, was the love baby of all housewives. And being the child of an Egyptian diplomat and a Russian mother, 
uh, grown up in the Netherlands, he created such an energy on stage that it was against all conventional performing manners. So his songs were uh, on the radio permanently. Within months, he became a cult figure in Amsterdam, where there were no places to experiment, no venues. But there was a huge audience, which was the same age group as me, who wanted to go everywhere to see something which you otherwise couldn't see. So that was the reason I asked Ramses to use his name Shafi as a kind of umbrella brand for all kind of performances. The subtitle was The Theatre Where Everything Is Possible. Those things who were at the time forbidden by the government, by the police, erotic shows, shows which were blasphemous. You have to realize that formally each theater performance still had to ask for permission in advance. So that, this was this time where a lot was uh, going to change. And the building owned by the Communist Party gave me the permission to do what was not officially permitted in the sense of shows, the content, in the sense of opening hours, no closing hours, in the sense of selling hash and marijuana, which was at the time a crime. Of course, this attracted a lot of uh, crazy, fantastic people from all over the world. Jeremy! Please! Jeremy! The chef became world famous without us knowing it. So even in Japan, some members of my generation had heard about it. And they uh, came to Europe to find out where they could perform, where 25 people were on stage playing musical instruments, singing and performing in Japanese. But it is given the practices in Japan at the time and in the Netherlands at the time rather weird that 25 young people are carrying their instruments and their props all the way to Amsterdam to perform a play in Japanese for an Amsterdam audience with a lot of success. The founding fathers, if they could have understood the time I was working in, this uh, generation shift, then they probably would have loved the name these activities got internationally. So it became, apart from a local spot to go, into a concept for unusual cultural practices for an international outreach and disciplines and so on. And that is what they wanted. It is still in Amsterdam 
the mountains ever slapping. Nowadays, we present debates, conferences, festivals, nights on philosophy. That is basically the aim of the Felix Mertes Foundation then and, and the aim of the Felix Mertes Foundation now, that we try to use different disciplines and we try to study and research from uh, the latest trends in various fields and understand what is meaningful today, what is important, and where are we going. But these men did have a certain drive. I mean, they, they were here with a certain purpose. But of course, they had their uh, light moments, I'm sure. We found the bills in the first administration. Every third bill was a bill for coal, and every fourth bill was red wine. So I'm sure they had a very, very good time here. Ik steek een sigaret op en kijk naar het water en denk over mezelf en denk over later. Felix Meritus was produced by Chris Chambers. This has been a Radio Netherlands presentation. And if you'd like to comment on this programme, you can email us at letters at radionetherlands.nl.